All right, sports law enthusiasts back once again on just another manic Monday. Um, Dan Lust coming off another epic Father's Day performance, I'm sure. Uh, Dan, now what number of Father's Day is this for you that just passed here on Sunday? Uh, I think we're at four. I think we're at four. I have my three and a half and my two-year-old. So it's always an adventure. And, uh, you know, like Father's Weekend. A lot, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So anything special? We got breakfast in bed. We got uh, like a little day trip somewhere. Where, what do we do? Um, we had a. I, I was I was given the privilege of eighteen of golf on Saturday, and then uh, Sunday. You know, when you have a three and a two year old, you don't really have any day. It's just a matter of temper tantrums. That's really it. So uh, you know, we we had a fairly relaxing weekend with family and family, but. You know, it is what it is. But Conlon, I've been away. I've missed the last three episodes of the podcast, so I got to. Yeah. I'm going to do some cleanup. We got to cover some. Uh, I think, as you said, it's a Monday leftovers. So jam packs late for you and I today. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to lead with, but apparently that was not up to your gold standard. Um, and that's okay. Uh, we will start with our man. Well, you should honestly. Well, I I should I asked you how fathers they were. Can I say first? Did you? Can I say something? Go ahead. Well, I want to say one thing before we get into the whole shit of this. Father's Day is great. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our newest team members, a guy by the name of Mike Krevchenko, who is uh, we're going to reboot the TikTok, uh, the Instagram, the YouTube shorts. Um, uh, we welcome Mike to the family. Again, if you want to join our, our chronic detrimental family, do not have to be a lawyer, law student, partner, judge. You don't have to really be a law person. Just ask Conlon. Right? Look at me. Right? You just have to be able to to, to dedicate some content to the law. So Mike is a one L incoming one L uh, in, in New York City. I can if you want to shout out the school, I will. But um, yeah, shout out to Mike who reached out had a had a game plan. He said he wanted to do something. And I said the kids are your friend. You want to do some uh, some TikTok videos? You want to do some Instagram reels? You got it, Mike. Let me see. Uh, and he he's not just a guy pulling out of his. Uh, you know what? He has had a history of doing. So I want to give Mike a shout out. And on that note, Conlon, did, did you ask? Did you attend my sports professional moments on Friday? No, I, I hear enough of you that I don't need to pay uh, to hear you speak. So Ooh, even who though was paying, there was there I, was money. I, I don't know. It seemed like something that you were trying to go people into. No, I know you do a lot of good pro bono uh, work for the all sports pro law society community as a whole in general. Um, I feel as I already retain the necessary intelligence that speaking with you and Miss Stephanie Weisenberger for another hour of my week would just um, be kind of inflation at that point. So no, I did not, but how did it go? Um, well, we're going to, we're going to drop at least the last half of that audio. So if you want to catch the full thing, we're going to do a second workshop probably a couple of weeks ago. We had on uh, myself, Stephanie Weisenberger, who, who uh, audience, our audience will know. And we had on uh, a client of mine at my firm. So everything going here is pro bono, all the little, seminars or the symposiums pro bono but uh you know, we law practice we run and zach uh hiller is the uh ceo and co-founder i think he's the founder but uh zach started up uh, la a couple years ago uh he represents some uh, some big players conley you saw me tweeting the other day about zay flowers that zay is, flowers uh, of, yes uh, yes indeed the new baltimore raven zay zay flowers uh, i don't know if we came on the show but zach zach's got the J.K. Dobbins, uh, Dalvin Cook, who's going to find a new home 
Big soon, James and, Cook. And what He's is his thought about J.K. Dobbins holding, sitting in, and Ravens? No camp. comment. No, no comment. comment. No comment. Well, from that's my what we guy, pay you for. If you want insights, we want need to hear the real insights you, from the inside. You, and nobody asked it in the crowd. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna put the we're gonna put the oil in. We had about two hundred people register. It was a great turnout. Wow. Miles. So we don't just we had a, we had a good turnout. There was no money involved. So you know whatever. We're not we're not uh, we're not grifting over here. We're just trying to help people out and uh, help uh, you know direct people in the right space. So if you are someone that listens to this podcast and you were not aware of this uh, sports seminar, like how did this happen? I posted it on social for me. Follow us on social at Conlon underscore Farrell and myself at Sports Ball Lust. That's it, Conlon. We're going to drop the audio. We'll find a place to put this right in the middle. But um, go ahead. Lead, it, lead us into our topics, buddy. Yeah, well, before we jump in, we always want to thank our sponsor, Better Edge, the pioneer in social betting. Use my promo code Conlon, that's C-O-N-L-A-N, when you sign up using Better Edge. You get $20 when you deposit $20 or more when you sign up. All right, well, the first thing I said was that you might have charged for this social seminar you're running because you are so apoplectic about John Morant maybe missing out on some paychecks a few episodes. You, you, I mean, I remember you saying you felt bad for the young man. Um, well, it's been declared by Adam Silver post-NBA Finals, the Nuggets winning their championship, that he is suspended for the first 25 games of this upcoming NBA season. Dan Lust, too long, too little, John Morant. Um, I actually listened to an episode of our show last week. Come, you know what I'm about to say? Jay Moore. Someone should have to show up for work, so I think I Jay, did, yeah. Jason Morin. I think mm -hmm. he was on the episode that you were on, Conlon. Yes, so the thank you for remembering that. He he correct. He pegged 25 games on the nose. So shout out to our guy Jason pegging that. Um, so yeah, do I do I think it's long, too short? Um, you know, this concept of recidivism, like the your likelihood to commit a crime again. Obviously, we're not talking about crimes here for John Moran. When you get off the hook for eight games for that amalgamation of all the different things that John Moran did with, uh, what was it called? Shotgun Willies? Was that the place? Right? Yeah, in Denver. Yes. Yeah. It, he had a lot of bad optics for the league. And to escape from that whole ordeal that was an alleged assault on a 17-year-old, alleged uh, assault or some type of physical indication at like finish line at the mall, to allege escape from all of that with eight games and like credit for serve the fake Florida counseling that he was in and out of for like a split second. Um, I, I'm one of these people that I do not think that 25 games was excessive in that light. Yes, if it's just showing a, I don't just showing, but if it's just that's one infraction showing this, uh, and he has no previous offenses. 25 games, I do think successive, but um, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, I heard a number that 40 that was being at least on the rumor mill, and uh, I thought that was excessive when you get to 40 games. 25, I think it's right around the sweet spot. Like right around a quarter of the season, I'm okay with that. Well, I think you're right there. I think there was a lot of different numbers shouted out there from different people who thought that basically one strike shame on me, two strike shame on you kind of deal. And guaranteed, again, like you said, if you break it down pragmatically, 25 games might be right in that sweet spot. A lot of people wanted to be on for the year. I never thought that was going to be the case, but I think I posed the question last week to Jason and Evelyn, the pride of Hofstra University out there on Long Island. Um, I said, what would be more likely to happen? Would it be John Morant at 41 games, so half the NBA season, or Zion Williamson, the man that's having a lot of trouble in the Big Easy, be moved from the Pelicans prior to the NBA draft? Now, I'll throw you this real quick before we move to A.B. Do you think it's possible that Zion... Now we know that obviously job comes short of that 41 game mark, but does Zion get potentially moved out of um, 
New Orleans? Um, well, I was I texted you after last week's episode. I I think that we, you know, some, some people you'd be surprised, Colin. They just get our their news about the Zion stuff like from our show. Like mm-hmm. they don't they don't follow Twitter. This Zion stuff wasn't popping up on the ESPN bottom line. It wasn't really like a main mainstream shows really couldn't cover it. The the gist of the Zion stuff, and I know you made uh, we made light of it, baby mama drama. Um, Zion's got a real PR problem against, it. and it's mm-hmm. not just like baby mom drama. We can we can you know make the conversation about uh, libel and whatnot, but Zion is getting very close to like just pure, I don't know, like bus territory. Um, yeah, that's what like I said, and trade. that's what Jason and Evan did. Yeah, disregarded. No I completely agree. No, you, you can't be on the court. You're getting close. I mean, I just watched Colin. Just a quick shout out. I watched. Um, I watch all the ESPN 30 for 30s E60s. Um, I watched this Bill Walton documentary. It's a four part series, big one. Colin, did you watch mm. any of this? It's pretty good. I have not. I have not. Um, seen, yeah. Bill, Bill I see enough Bill Walton just first... on acid on doing Pac-12 no, basketball no. in December. No, I'm oh. telling you, you got to dig Bill Walton. I think, I think he's in the conversation for best collegiate. Basketball player of all time, probably not number one. You get to Kareem, but um, in the conversation. But anyway, re- the reason I bring up um, Walton, first four years of his career wins an NBA title in his third year, but he was kind of on and off again injured. Signs a big free agent contract with the Clippers. Guy has a guy basically almost had his foot amputated. He did, didn't play. So mm-hmm. you only your foot amputated, or you're like Zion with just like mystery injuries and no one knows why you're playing. You're still mm-hmm. not playing. So, yeah, I do think you're close to bus territory. The problem with Zion, you know, there's no suspension coming. I wouldn't think there's no conduct detrimental coming. I've never heard of someone. I've never heard of someone. Actually, I do take this back because I was going to say I've never heard of someone being suspended for, like, cheating on their significant other. Zion, pop quiz. And anyone that's listening, do you know anyone in the last two years that's suspended for maybe cheating on their significant other? I don't. Who is it? It's gave me. You don't? How about how about that? Who but who? Ime Udoka, former Celtics coach. Oh, okay. But n- yes, but that was because yeah. it was staff personnel. That's a, a different yeah. a different territory. Oh. Fair enough. Fair enough. Optics, yes, in the same optics, arena. Optics, optics. Zion's not getting – I don't think Zion's going to get suspended for it, but I think he's going to get no favors in New Orleans, and this might be a situation where he needs a fresh start. So to answer your question, I I think it's on the table. Uh, I, I think I think Zion's going to be asking for a trade. He just fresh start. We'll see if New Orleans pulls the trigger though. And I will give you one more just to round out this segment. Back in the same realm of what the question you just posed to me. How about in the same area code as Mr. Zion? Back in the Bayou, Coach O, when he was uh, hitting up the the uh, board of directors' wife at the gas station when he was still a head coach. There's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah, he kind of ran himself out of town doing uh, acts in that same arena. But, uh, yeah, Zion um, in a little bit of trouble. John Morant, he gets his 25 games, and we hope, we hope at least for his sake, that that is the end of it. Dan, one more word. One more word. I have a question. Go ahead. Can I ask? question can you ask me Brown? Uh, can you ask me a question about antonio brown sure that's where we're going next go ahead kick us off uh, i might i might know the roadmap here con we're both like jockeying for the host seat we could both do it we could both share the host that's what that's why i like yeah i always entertain a competition 
And if anybody's watching on video right now, you should have seen what Conlon's room looked like before we did like a home makeover Zoom edition. We we took off the, the the light was all crooked, the pictures were crooked, there was something hanging on the back of his door. We fixed everything up. This is a pretty clean yeah, version. It was a if sport wants jacket, to and the light is still in the same position. I did not go up on a step ladder and change out the light bulb. So they you look good, Conlon. You look good. Perfect. Thank you. You look good, Conlon. I, I I can tell. Just Farrell is peak shape. He's throwing 101 miles per hour. He's in the gym. Okay. Ready for this, Colin? Here's my question. Antonio Brown. Uh, I would, before this past week, that Antonio Brown was already in the running for worst owner in all of sports history. So uh, I've heard of owners potentially getting voted out of a league. Um, I have never heard of a team being voted out of a league. Colin, in the history of professional sports, have you ever heard of some a team voted out of a league just like Antonio Brown? Uh, no, I've seen uh, fraternity leagues kicked out of Greek life uh, basketball pickup games. <laughs> I've seen ejections in men's league softball. But no, I have not seen something as substantial as Antonio Brown literally getting the Albany Empire. Basically, like the survivor, you've been voted off the island. We're sick and tired of you. And again, it's just another whatever this guy touches turns to absolute garbage. And it's a shame, too, but I saw you go back and forth with a few people on Twitter when you said he is by far and away the worst owner in sports. And yes, they said people, Dan Snyder. People no, said Dan Snyder and Donald like, Sterling. What? Uh, no, yeah, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. I've heard no, you. but keep I just going. said, but they said Don, uh, Donald Sterling and Dan Snyder. And to your point, which is your, your retort was those guys sold those franchises for billions of dollars. They were not uh, – Teams they were not up. relegated to nothing. So AB, uh, he's got another mess on his hands. These were those were bad people, yeah. right? Doing bad things to the organization, but they didn't ruin the organization. At the end, that was at the end. All that Donald Sterling is gone, right? Like Dan Snyder is gone. The team is going to be fine. If anything, yeah, the, Washington the Clippers Redskins and the, are, the, the Commanders still exist. Right, still exist. Like right after Ballmer took over the Clippers, they sold for $2 billion. That rewrote the sports market. And then Snyder came in and just sold his team for $7 billion. So those errors are going to be wiped clean. And those teams are, are worth more money. So we can't say like these guys yeah. will do from a monetary sense. The team, I, I think it was it was valued around um, nine, some inside thing. So whatever. I, I'll say the team was valued around $1.5 billion. Or $1.5 million. I almost said billion. One half million dollars. Like it's a lot of money to, to people like you and I, maybe not to the Donald Sterling's and designers of the world. But this team for one and a half million just goes poof. I'm gonna read uh, people that don't know what we're talking about. I'm gonna read a, um, a tweet from our guy, uh, Coach Doug's, who's been uh, the man yeah, on so the scene. Yeah, I was texting Doug's. Doug's was in uh, Omaha for uh, the college baseball we world series. So shout out to Guess guess who? Um, I think I can say this. I was on a call with Doug's and Frank on the way to Omaha during their road trip. So uh, shout out to Frank. I told Frank, told Frank he's got to be careful at these Mets uh, foundation when he's making fun of people. So <laughs> you saw he's got to cool it. And Vogelback, <laughs> he's got to chill. That was nuts. He's gotta chill. <laughs> that I don't was know nuts. how Frank makes it out of makes it out of there alive. Adam event make fun of Vogelback like he can't. Do and, that. Did, and then did you see Frank at the end of it? He wanted a picture with Steve Cohen. He told him no. And so, like, there's just, like, two side-by shots of, like, Frank the Tank going like this and Steve Cohen just, like, walking past him. Like, yeah. I mean, it, we've all uh, said it behind closed I, doors, but I don't think I've ever had the guts 
to say anything about one of my teams, even as disgusted and upset as I am with them, at a charity dinner to just call them out like a Comedy Central Frank, like, but roast. The, but the way Frank set it up, I, I kind of had a feeling where he was going. He's like, he's like, when I grew up, you I couldn't play baseball. When I couldn't field, I couldn't hit, I couldn't run. He's like, but now I know I still could play for the Mets because Daniel Vogelback exists. And yeah, I'm like, that's Frank. Not- you have no chill. And I think McNeil was in, in attendance. Obviously, yeah, Alonzo was, was there. The, the best, uh, and we'll get a tangent in it. But they give Frank a Pete Alonzo jersey. And it was like yep. a kid's large. And I'm like, that's very nice, Frank. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Because this isn't going to fit you. And I'm like, you can't get my boy Frank like this. So it is what it is. Okay, common. Anyway, we bring going to give up from, from Coach Doug's breaking NIL. AAL, which is not the AFL, it's the NAL. It's like a lower mm. arena football team. Has voted the Albany Amp out of league due to Antonio Brown's refusal to pay dues and league fines. It continues. <laughs> this is a police from not making up. Not, this is not uh, uh, fictitious, but whatever. After exhausting all and all hours, the NAL Board of Owners has decided unanimously to terminate the membership agreement of the Albany Empire. They're gone. The decision was reached after an emergency conference call of members and stating to the failure to pay the league mandated overdue assessments. Each team is responsible to pay for one-seventh of the league's operating budget via monthly assessments starting in April. The Empire's owner, Antonio Brown, was also fined $1,000 for detrimental ding, 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 to the league for his recent public comments. Mr. Brown refused to pay that fine. The Albany Empire does not have a league to play in because of Antonio Brown. I mean, he's not the worst. Somebody else can tell me, maybe Marge shot. She was she was really bad. She had a lot of inappropriate things to say about a number of different groups. Dan Snyder, whatever. We talk. If you get your team voted out of its league, you're in the run. Mid-season. You, you might mid-season. Be on the board. Mid-season. You might be 1,000 to 1, 20,000 to 1, or, you know, plus 20, plus 2,000. But you're in the running. Um the, the arena has to issue a statement that the games are being canceled, tickets are being refunded, sponsors are trying to figure out if they can sue. Uh, our Von Chillers that we talked about, the 5% owners, they don't have 5% of anything anymore. All thanks to Antonio Brown. I'm putting him, me personally, he's on the Mount Rushmore worst owner in sports. I don't know who else is on it, but he's on it. He's on it somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is – did we really think it was going to end anyway else, though? I like to call my – I like to enter into evidence my conduct detrimental sports minute from about <laughs> two years ago when I said, yeah, what happened to those comments? What happened? When, to those? when, we, when we watch Antonio Brown run off of MetLife stadium. And I will say this, you watch out the New York football jets. Don't mess around. They ruin Antonio Brown's career because they're the last team <laughs> to make him want to quit the game. And now he's ruining arena football at the lower level at the double a arena football for everybody. Listen, the New York Jets are coming to play this year. That's neither here nor there. Yes, I'm with you. Antonio Brown is crowned king of the castle when it comes to uh, terrible, terrible celebrity endorsements. No matter celebrity or not, absolute pathetic ownership. Okay, while we're on the topic of people just kind of going off the deep end, uh, I've been watching, um, you know, I dabble in the arts. I watch really any anything that's good in sports, like the docuseries, documentary, I'll watch it. I'm not generally, I do watch the UFC, but I'm not generally an ultimate fighter guy. So uh, I have been watching this year, the ultimate fighter, uh, Chandler versus McGregor. They're, you know, yeah. I'm watching the camps. It's on every Thursday. Good deal. So to my surprise, 
Conor McGregor makes guest appearance at the Miami Denver Nuggets game. Conor, did you cover this last week? Did you cover this at all? I don't believe we did. I I, I forget honestly because I was having so much palling around with the boys. Well, without adult supervision like yourself. So <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but uh, Ooh, you guys drinking we, on the job? Is that what it was? No, I didn't know. Four days things. ago. No. Um, but no, obviously, Conor McGregor uh, accused in, of sexual assault. Oh, it's two fault. There's two. There's two sports law stories for the price of one. The guy entered right. into the Miami Heat arena, and he has two stories that need to pop on our docket. Number one, Okay, comment. Make this whole time some risk, a little bit of assault, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Con- uh, Connor was, I guess he's got some type of spray or something, some type of product. We're not going to endorse it here because they're not a sponsor of the show, just like our, our friends over at Better Edge, my guy Greg Kajuski over here. Um, but uh, use our promo code Conlon for twenty dollars on sign up. You call them. Um, so Connor does like a little kind of halftime show or something during a timeout, and he's playing. Miami mascot, this guy named Bernie. Yeah. Because Miami Heat, they burn. Bernie. So going back and forth, Bernie's got these big kind of cartoonish gloves on. And you know, it looks like a kind of an orchestrated skit. Connor decks Bernie, which looks, if the guy takes a dive, it looks like it's a legit dive, whatever the deal. While Bernie is on the ground, like kind of face down, like face on his back, yeah. Connor leans in, kisses, boom. Right to the face. I was not watching a video. He just got a fist right to the face. Um, yes. Connor gives him a good shot in the ground. You could see Bernie, the, the guy in Bernie, he kind of makes an animated move like that really hurt. And then I think he was supposed to kind of be live, like lifeless and, and then take it out. Um, Connor Bernie doesn't appear to be staged. Ends up going to the emergency room yes, for, for treatment because he got decked by a guy whose hands are, you know, we joke, lethal Weapon. weapons, right? He's a professional fighter. And he punched this guy in the face about six inches from his head while he was on the ground. Um, Conlon, let's assume the second one was not scripted. You think uh, there's a there's a world where Con- Connor, let's say Will, think he should maybe face some type of uh, some ramifications here? I mean, it completely depends on, again, what the agreement prior to the game was in regards to their engagement at half court. Obviously, like you said, I am in 100% belief that the – initial altercation so be it if you will was scripted i do not know if again the second punch was scripted but again if conor mcgregor lay lays the lead the force he laid on him i guarantee you wherever that guy if it's bernie the mascot for the heat who daylights as a u.s postal worker i guarantee you he didn't sign up to get literally jawed on the ground with conor mcgregor's full force so yeah i could see it as somebody being like hey look there's no way in hell I ever signed up for this level of intensity on that second punch. So, yeah, I, I could see it, uh, Conor McGregor having his day in court because, again, that was not his only violation, Mr. Dan Lust, on that fateful well, night in Miami. Well, the, the short answer, because I know you're itching to get to the second story. We'll finish up the first. I, I think for, for this mascot, I don't know if he could sue Conor. He's always going to work see if he goes after the heat. If I'm Conor McGregor and I, I'm in, involved in a skit where I punch someone in the head, and let's say the second one was scripted too, let's say it. Yep. My team, I, I would be thinking I would to burn the man, sign a little bit of a waiver, sign something, say you're not going to sue me, you're not going to yeah, say anything fair, bad, fair. NDA, all. But if if he went to the McGregor. hospital, do you think 
that would have become public if he had signed a, a, a basically waiver saying he could not sue. Well, sometimes you can't even talk about the waiver. Sometimes you're not allowed to. I don't, I don't know what Connor, it was a pretty high profile skit and, and Connor's a huge get for the, for Miami heat. Um, I, I, I would think he has the leverage there to make them sign something. He's not going to appear for no reason. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, there's this concept of like consent, right? You're, you're involved in a skit, you assumption of the risk, you know that you could get hurt. And, but, I, but I don't know if you consent to, and this is the difference between obviously, you know, our, our boxing and, and UFC. Bernie, and it's a little bit technical, just lawyers do. Bernie's boxing, he's got boxing gloves. We as fans know if you box, if you go down to the ground, you're on the ground, you're not going to get a hammer fist to the head. That's True. UFC. So Bernie's wearing the boxing gloves and he gets a fist to the head on the ground i don't know i don't know if bernie was ready for that so people like oh it was all scripted the whole thing scripted, the mm-hmm. uh, i i i mean unless there was unless they, they totally faked this out um again for the purpose of this hypothetical we're going to assume it's real but pretty sure it was real okay connor connor mcgregor connor conlin i do connor conlin are you irish is that where it's from come on last name farrell yes i i would believe so yes uh oh, I'm is, not connor, is connor your guy uh, Connor was my guy when I first started watching UFC. When he I remember he beat Nate Diaz in like the epic nine second uh, knockout. I was a freshman sophomore in college. Fraternity days. We got the keg. We got the pizza. Everybody's ready to go to the fight. Fight's over. Pizza's still there. Hot beer. Still did they cold. fight twice? They fought twice, right? They did fight twice, but the the yeah. one I'm referencing to was actually a it was an internal fraternity party we had, and the day pregame of it was army navy and army navy played the end of the college football season on that lone saturday prior to bowl season and that night was conor mcgregor and it ended kind of in disappointment but it was still epic so yeah conor mcgregor is my guy obviously he got knocked off by could be a magomagov um who is still in my mind the best ufc fighter that's ever lived um after he's basically went undefeated how did you say his last name say his last he, name one more time could be a magomagov Okay, that's definitely not how to pronounce it. But yeah. Okay, you go ahead. Knock yourself out. No. We'll yeah, 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 exactly. So I had the balls <laughs> to at least say it. So um, regardless, yes. After I think it's Nur- by- Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov, and I didn't Google it. I think it's. I think that's it. But go yeah, keep I don't going. think that's it. But regardless, um, after that, whatever, Conor McGregor kind of had a downturn in his career. He had the off, off the, um, off the ring incidents regarding uh, the bar fights and stuff like that. So now this is just another notch on his belt. That's not a positive look. Um, let's talk about what are the details surrounding his assault allegations. Let's do this one quick. And I think we can hit another one while, while we're in the story. Um, yep. I, I don't, you know, I had to all allegedly is reportedly is Connor's vehemently denied. Connor, uh, at least there are some reports out there that Connor took a, a female into a closed room. I think there's some reports that it was a bathroom. Um, but again, all allegedly, reportedly, um, we don't know what happened once those two went into the room. There was reports that security guards blocked other people from entering the door. Um, the reports uh, and the allegations from this particular woman, who I believe has lawyered up, is that some uh, some component of sexual assault occurred behind closed doors. I just want to put it out there. That's it. You know, Connor's being uh, you know hyped up for this big uh, UFC return. Um, I, I know some people that work with Connor. I do not know if it's true or false. We just, we report things as they appear in the news. So if uh, we're doing our job and telling you about sports law stories, we're telling you about Connor. Another one we'll hit quick. Um, and then we'll move on. 
two topics. Try to be quick. Um, but uh, another one, again, we're going to do it pretty quick. I know people that are around this case. Uh, Trevor Bauer is accused of sexual assault once again. Uh, there are reports of, I'm going to be very careful with my raising, or I want to say claims of a knife being involved. Uh, Trevor Bauer is dying that as well, but um, Bauer is pitching overseas in Japan. So um, we're not going to be talking about suspensions in this. I think it's only going to make Trevor uh, Major all that much tougher. He's obviously playing very well in Japan, as he should be. Um, but I pointed out. So the McGregor story, the Bauer story, we're not getting in trouble with defamation. Those things are being reported in the news. It's not our own independent reporting. But if you are uh, curious, you are free to Google um, and check it out. Um, yeah, I'll say the last go thing. Ahead, Colin, you, is there is the McGregor video out there, but that's all I'll say. And, again, if you want to claim that, be that as it may. Um and that's we're not trying to get in trouble here. We're not. Yeah, that's what I say. So let's move onward. Um, onward and upward, and we should queue up some John Denver here. Take me home, country road, to the place. Come on, to the um, place. I belong. All right, and Huggy Bear in West Virginia. <laughs> Wait, I'm you're not going to do the part. You're not no. going to sing it. Take West Virginia, Mountain Mama, Bob yeah, Huggins, yeah. take me home. Um, Bob so Huggins is going home. Huggy, Huggy Bear is exiting stage left in Morgantown, West Virginia. The longtime tenured coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers is no longer uh, this week following his DUI arrest uh, in Columbus, Ohio, where Huggy Bear didn't know he was, apparently. According to police reports, he was unaware that he was in Columbus, Ohio. Supposedly, allegedly, all the legal genre you want to put behind it. Um, unfortunately, listen, as a kid that grew up as a diehard Rutgers basketball fan when Rutgers was in the Big East Conference and West Virginia was also part of the Big East Conference, I knew Bug Hoggins well. I remember the teams that were very, very good, including Joe Mazzulla, including uh, Darius Butler. Uh, team that knocked out a Kentucky team with John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, and the Elite Eight in Syracuse back in 2011. Uh, there were some very, very good Bob Huggins West Virginia basketball teams, and he was beloved by his players, coaching staff, and people around him. But unfortunately, this was not the first strike this offseason for Mr. Huggins. Um, he did make some off-color comments, if you will, on a radio program a couple of weeks ago. So this is kind of strike two, and there was really nothing – uh, West Virginia University can do. Dan, thoughts on Huggy Bear's exit out of the Big 12? Um, so we, you and I talked about it before. Sorry we didn't cover time, so I apologize to our listeners if you're hearing this new. This is not Huggy's uh, only infraction, we'll say, in the last couple of months. Uh, it might have happened during the tournament, but uh, no, he, he was um, on a radio interview on a local radio show. And, uh, yeah, this was in like midnight. It was nearly only a month ago. Yeah, he said a derogatory term. Um, I don't even want to reference what it could be. People can Google it if you want to. Um, but said a term that in 2023, let alone ever, you certainly cannot say. Um, he got in trouble. He forfeited a portion of his salary, I think was his own. Okay. He was don't suspended for the first three salary. games of the season. That's what it was. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see the suspension, but he could give. I think he gave up a million dollars, right? He did give up a million dollars. A million dollars of salary yeah. forfeited, 
and he was suspended for so that, three games that you and I am pretty that sure was in West Virginia and be okay. And if and if you listen to that radio interview, honestly, I'm, I guess we're part of the sports media. Um, I think the the guys that were on the show were like getting in long term. Yes, I agree. I didn't, I didn't think that was uh, at all appropriate, and I don't know if they got in trouble, but. Uh, Bob Huggins certainly was the only one, wasn't the only one in that call that, that, you know, maybe did something wrong, but in any event, you know, you do that, you're on, you're on probation. You could have been fired for that offense. You probably should have been, uh, then it's time. If he, he's, he's hanging it up because he knew the ax was coming. I mean, that's the only, yep. that it had yeah, to so officially for everybody Virginia, listening, uh, the official, he, he submitted his resignation to West Virginia university. He who's not officially terminated. He resigned. Yeah, I mean, because West Virginia got dinged for not firing him after the first offense, yes. which was a good yeah, day. Yeah. They got hit um, and shout out, I was in West Virginia, uh, I think last year, but I was, uh, I stayed at the Greenbrier, which is like, they got a, they have a casino down there, but my, my old boss had an event, maybe it was two years ago, but West Virginia, that's like low key, like a fantastic, like hard college sports uh, state. I mean, that's all I have. They just have, just have college okay. They love just so you know, Mr. Talking about University. Matt, Matt, Pat White, Steve Slayton. We're still yeah, talking about yeah, yeah. Now. You're talking to the guy. Listen, I was Mr. Big East before there was Mr. Big East football, all right? So you don't have to tell me about Pat Slayton, Steve Slayton, uh, Pat White, rather, Steve Slayton, uh, Jared Brown, all right? All, all the phenomenal Tavon Austin, um, Stebbin Bailey, all the phenomenal West Virginia football players and stuff like that. Listen, West Virginia gave me fits growing up as a kid. Who's a fan of Rutgers uh, basketball and football? So yes, um, but regardless, either way, Bob Huggins was at his time of departure the activist. Oh, excuse me, the how do we phrase this? The winningest active head coach um, in college basketball. So it's still a legend in, in himself. Um, he's no longer going to coach now. Rick Pitino was. Exited stage left from Louisville for recruiting violations, stuff like that. Dan, we throw one in every show because of our sponsor, Better Edge. Uh, use the promo code on the bottom there, Conlon, C-O-N-L-A-N. Get $20 when you sign up, depositing $20 or more. Any chance you foresee Bob Huggins ever coaching a college basketball game? Again, I'll give you the line at plus 500. No. No. I know. I think a team would be crazy to pick him up, but that's just me. Um, so – let's um let's uh you trust me to go to this chat gpt hall because we're at 30 yeah knock it out rock it out. minutes um also quick to uh your former Rutgers guy paul mulcahy yes we have paul mulcahy news oh he transferred from rutgers but where did he transfer yet he does not have a final destination sometimes i hear some things common sometimes I hear yeah things. yeah and you're rubbing that in my face and i'm gonna tell you right now i don't like it um, I, I'm 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 hearing through my uh, my sources that uh, uh, he's narrowing his list. Rutgers is not on it. He's not called. Well, well I know he's not going back know. to Rutgers. So you're telling me information that I already know. Do you have a Do you have a probable destination for Paul Mulcahy? Oh, but I love Paul Mulcahy. He's a he's yeah, a. Okay. So you have nothing. Uh, he's going to be a name. People remember the name. They'll go back to this podcast. They'll remember the name. Paul Mulcahy. You, you um, okay. Nothing. All right, go ahead. At some point, we'll we'll. we'll 
we'll give an update on Paul as to why I'm talking about Paul, but not the time. Okay, Mr. Uh, ChatGPT, Colin, what do you know about this, the ChatGPT lawyer before people in a very important update? I literally know nothing, so I am I okay, John. Snow. Okay, ignorant to the subject. Yes. Okay, John. Um, <laughs> so we did an episode about uh, three weeks ago, and uh, I had some people in my world say that they had not heard anything about the story. I was at um, a work event, maybe um, a, I don't know, a week or two ago, and they're like, they're like, Ch Chat GPT, it's a new craze, and like, you guys, the lawyer, and they're like. I've been informing the world about this ChatGPT lawyer through at least our little sports, our, our non-lawyer window, and, and maybe the ones that need to know about. So this guy, Steve Schwartz, we're going to have, there was a hearing on June 8th, so we're still waiting for it. Now we're about 12 days out. We'll see if this guy gets hit with sanctions. But on the gist story, and I had to, I had to provide an update. I think the story is so fascinating. People worried, uh, is ChatGPT going to take over the legal profession? Um, it might, it might at some point. That's why we need to invest our resources in the podcast, just in case I need to find a backup level of employment. Me and you, we'll just, we'll just run the podcast game. Um, don't look so excited. Don't look so excited. I um, not. This but, is nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, the, the long and short people that know the story, uh, this guy, it was a an older lawyer. He's, you know, in his six, he punches, uh, cases. He tries like, Find me cases that allow me to sue after the statute of limitations. And he takes those cases and he puts them into a legal brief and he submits the brief. The other side gets the brief and they're like, well, I, I think it was a, actually it was an opposition to a motion to dismiss, but it doesn't matter. The other side sees this case, these cases and like, these cases don't exist. We can't find them anywhere. So they call the judge and the judge is like, that's the oddest thing. We call the lawyer. The lawyer is like, I don't know what happened. Here are the cases. And the judge then calls the and people can look this up just the guy's uh, name is steve steve schwartz you can look at the short gpt lawyer but the judge long story short judge calls up these individual cases uh and the individual gets into the judge in each courtroom and th those judges are like yeah not a real case oh yeah uh, uh also not a real case oh, not a real case not a real case so fast forward uh this is kevin Kinnell, federal court judge in new york so um he had mr schwartz who was long hearing Felt so bad for the guy. I feel bad for everyone, and then people tell me that I feel bad for too many people. You do. You felt bad for John Morant. I still can't get over that. I felt bad for John Morant. I felt bad for Antonio Brown. I do feel. I do feel bad because if, if you Colin feel bad that Doug's that Doug's could be ridiculed as Antonio Brown's bad luck charm, being that he was at the last Albany Empire home game ever. No, 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 no. no. Antonio Brown digs his own grave. Also, Antonio Brown is pretending that. A B is an alter ego. So now he has yeah. schizophrenia. Did you see this? He goes, he's not real. I don't know. AB is yeah, I, yeah, I, I looked at the interview where he was shirtless on like the 25 yard line of the 50 yard. Know, what's uh, wrong with him? Yeah, he's like, he's like, Dude, we're going to the arena football league. I don't think I care about a snitch in the NAL. Yeah, it's a shame. And I said that you guys check out the pin tweet um on my Twitter at Conlon underscore Farrell, where I literally broke this down a year ago. I said when he, he pinned it? The field, Good for you. I did. And I said, I said, this is this is active CT. This is the first player we are seeing with active CT. Yeah, it's it's scary, but I don't know. Just just to close the loop. So I, I feel bad for Morant. I feel bad for Antonio Brown. I guess I do. Um, but I do feel bad Thank for this Mark. guy, Steve Schwartz. A 65-year-old lawyer is a random person injury case and like an injury on an airplane. And now this guy is at the center 
of the tech and the legal world. So, and this guy, so if you were following the docket, you knew when this year was going to be, which work was going to be. So, you know, I didn't, I, and I'm a little disappointed that I didn't, I didn't even think to do this. I don't know if I had time to do it, but I, I didn't even have the thought. 70 people showed up at this courtroom, like snickering the guy and laughing at him and whistling at him and howling at him at this courtroom appearance on June 8th. So proceed to read, Mr. Schwartz, who has practiced law in New York for 30 years, said in a declaration with the judge this week that he had learned about ChatGPT from his college-age children and from articles, but that he had never used it professionally. Okay, this is the quote. I heard about the new site, which I falsely assumed was like a super search engine. This guy, Paul on ChatGPT, he's in his 60s, and I, and I feel bad for the guy, practiced law for 30 years. He thought ChatGPT was a super search engine. And he's like, I found the greatest case in practicing law for 30 years. I've never seen these cases. I've never seen them. I can't find them on Wessel. I can't find them on Lexus. But this super search engine of artificial intelligence found for me. Amazing. And the courtroom common is laughing at him. And the judge is like, he's admonishing him, screaming at him. This guy, do you feel bad for this guy? Is it just me? Is it my DNA? I do feel bad for the guy. He I don't know. Like it seems to me like you, you have water, a softer you know. spot. You have a softer spot for him being that he is uh, one of you in your fraternity of legal uh, counsel and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, again, to me, the whole chat GBT era in general is dangerous to society as a whole. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy got burned. It's not the first one today. Basically, he showed up with his pants down to uh, court. So you live and you learn. And um, I'm sure that's the last time he's going to trust his um, search engine on steroids ever again. I just feel bad, Connor. Yeah, I feel you just got to get over it. It's what I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, I'm gonna, I want to read you this other part. So at one point, oh, my phone's, my phone's dying. Um, no, but at, at one point, like, the judges and I, we we listen. People haven't listened, so it's fine. But they they like if you read the cases, one case started like it was going to be a wrongful death case. It's like like this is a case about someone that passed away, and then like it said the person's name, whatever. And by the end, it was a case about like someone missing their flight and suing an airline for missed tickets. Like the case made no sense within the fake case. So the so judge again, that, that's he's really not doing his job. Um, all that. All wait, wait, wait. Hold on. The judge reads the case and they go, can we agree that this is a fake case? And the guy's like, it is. And the judge is like, did you not read the cases? And he said, no, I, 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 he said no. But like he submitted these cases to the judge. The judge asked, send me the cases separately. At some point, this guy and this is where I like, oh, I'm like, I'm on the fence. If I actually feel bad for him. He sent in these cases and didn't read them. At that point, when you realize and you printed out these fake cases. That's what I'm saying. Again, you read you know, it doesn't even take a lawyer. At to some point, you got to read them. That that doesn't Once take the a judge calls you and calls you out for basically either plagiarism or fraud or forgery or something. You got to read the cases. You yeah. don't send the judge in fake cases. That's you can't do. So I think the guy's gonna get dinged. We're recording this on Monday, June nineteenth. You think he's um, gonna get dinged? Happy Happy Juneteenth, by the way. Uh, so we had the day off from work. Do you have the day off from work today? Uh, I did. I played a little golf today. Ninety nine. Very nice. Ninety nine. Uh, um, um, real quick. But anyway, that's my chat GPT guy. Yeah. Uh, last question. You see the the winners of the AFC East 2023 on my head right here. Um, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks has not found a basically host 
You Tomlin's wearing a Jets hat. A Jets hat, by the way. Yes, Jets hat for all those listening on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, the Jets, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Bears are the four teams that hit, fit the criteria for hard knocks. Basically, you can't have a first-year head coach, and you cannot have made the playoffs the year prior. Uh, none of those four franchises would like Hard Knocks, HBO's crew in their um, training camp, OTO, mini camp, whatever you want to call it. Um, what are your thoughts on? They said they've reached out. HBO's reached out to the Lions to do another season back to back. You remember the Lions were just on last year, Hard Knocks 2022. If you were a betting man, Dan Lust, which you are on Better Edge, where you get twenty dollars when you sign up using my promo code, where does Hard Knocks? end up this summer you've hit your cap of saying uh the promo code so you've hit you've hit your quote yeah well um, i see my uh, I, clear yeah we'll see we're we're getting close to the, the hour mark so we got to wrap this up but I, yep. I think it's going back to detroit i think detroit had a couple bad bounces last year otherwise mm-hmm. i think that the right personality to be on that show and i, I agree i'm i'm all i'm all for it uh questionable draft decisions notwithstanding i think they have another at least another year I think at, le- at least this year with this window of, of talent um, and the coaching staff. Um, but uh, Conlon, let's, uh, I wanted to end on this. Uh, shout out to uh, Ricky Fowler. He's not a friend of the show, but shout out to Ricky. Um, Why? I think he had a good run at it. And I'm going to blame um, LA bad? Country Club. Yeah, I do feel bad. And I bet on Ricky on Saturday. Oh, uh, okay. Here we go. I bet on him. And what happened was I bet on him live. I think it was around the ninth hole. And I was watching. I was up late on uh, Saturday. It was very cool watching golf at like 10.30. Yes, I, I did enjoy that. I, I'm with you there. Yeah, that was fun. Primetime golf um, hour, like Sunday Night Football was cool. Yeah, that was. I, I really enjoyed that. But the problem was the 18th hole. This is when This is when you you know. This is when the betters world. And, and uh, we'll talk about better edge in a minute. But, uh, you know, Wyndham Clark has that approach shot that lands like a foot from the pin. He does a little little twirl of the of the iron. And then Ricky misses the putt, and I texted my dad. At this point, I already bet on Ricky. I'm like, Wyndham's gonna win it. Wyndham's gonna win it. This is just that I just it was right there, and I didn't, you know, Rory Rory had to run in it, but I knew I knew Clark was gonna at least outpace Ricky at that at that moment. But yeah. uh, well, good um, for Conlon, let's 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 end on this note as we're you know our sponsor here is Better Edge. Conlon, every Thursday, every Thursday, and we're gonna get back to doing it regularly. We do a head to head baseball picks on Thursday. Come football season, we'll do some football on Sundays, but we're doing it Thursdays. So the lines are going to be released on Wednesday. Conlon, you are going to edit the show notes when the show and the link becomes available. Yes. Um, so people can find it right in the show notes. If you can't find us on Better Edge, come back to the podcast show notes on Wednesday. If you're listening on Wednesday, not a big deal. It'll be right there. Um, probably Wednesday and every Thursday during the day. Um, or Conlon will, will tweet it out. I'll retweet it. Um, but yeah, you're going to go head-to-head against me and Colin picking Thursday games over on Better Edge, the social betting platform. Uh, we've got plenty of stuff in store for conduct. Um, again, let's uh, – you know, we can end this here, actually. I did want to put a piece of this. So, Colin, let's end here, uh, and I want to put the audio in the last 30 minutes of our uh, session uh, talking about uh, the professional uh, sports – the sports professional development series. So we'll put the audio in here. Shout-out to Stephanie. Shout-out to Zach. Um and yeah, uh, we can end it here. And uh, Colin, you and I can sign off, and then we'll keep the rest of the audio, and we'll just throw the end of our, our session over there. But well, Colin, great job, buddy. Appreciate it as always. Yep. All right, guys. Um, always Conduct Detrimental available wherever you get your podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter at Con Detrimental. For Dan Lust and myself, you're listening to another episode of Conduct Detrimental. Make sure to check out the audio at the end of the episode.
So, but, but why I bring that up, and, and Steph, I did want to tell this part of a story as we're getting close to maybe what's the halfway point here. Um, you, you want, like, when we talk about throwing darts, it's like an expression, right? You're never going to catch a fish if you don't have, like, a line in the water. You want to have, like, a thousand lines in the water, right? The worst case is that, like, you have a, a low retention rate of people responding to you. Big deal, right? Get, get used um, to know. But you, yeah. but you want to stay top of mind. You want to stay, and you want to have those informational calls. You want to get them off. But then this is kind of to the first point. You can't just have right, your foot in the door and have your first job. You can't have that one informational call and think your job is done. Your goal, once you get a Zach Hiller on the phone or a Stephanie Weisenberger on the phone, is finding ways to stay top of mind, finding creative ways to follow up with that person and not just networking like, oh, my, I've increased my network by you know, adding Stephanie on LinkedIn. You want to find a meaningful way to build some kind of rapport with Stephanie so, um, or, or Zach or whatever the field you want to jump into. So, And you have to do all of that. And then the other part of this, which is like maybe 90% of this world, is just getting really lucky and having opportunity strike at the right time. Stephanie yeah, and I create, were talking you, you, about a- You create well, your own luck. Luck is where preparation well, meets opportunity. I know, well, that's, that's fair. But it's what you just I, said in a bunch of all lawyerly like, terms, you threw it all that's, together. That's what it. I do. That's what yeah. I do, Zach. But the, the point was, I, Stephanie was talking to me at a time where my boss one day all of a sudden said, Dan, I want to hire two uh, associates for our Perfect. new York. Top of mind. And that's it. And then I thought, I know Stephanie and, and Jason, who's not here, Jason Morin, who's another one of our, our conic people. Mm -hmm. These were two people I was talking to for a year. They were New York. Stephanie went to New York Law School. Jason went to Hofstra. You know, they're on their paths now. Um, but that's, that's all it is. You want to find like a thousand people, stay top of mind. I have some, uh, a guy I had uh, dinner with yesterday. He sets Outlook reminders to be in touch with people every couple months. And that's what the expert networks do. This guy, he sets birthdays and he sets every three months, yep. he wants to reach out to the people so he, they stay top of mind. So Smart. 90 days don't pass without this big contact thinking of them. He's a very big business generator at one of these banks and that's his strategy and it works very well. It's just funny because like one of the one of the people that work with me now, um, he did the program uh, as well, but he it started off that he was blowing me up on, and please, <laughs> doesn't mean that this works, but he was blowing me up on Instagram every single day. He messaged me every single day. And then he found my phone number online and called me every single day on the hour. Every single, I had a block, I swear, uh, swear to God, every, on the hour, every single day, I was getting a phone call from this number. Did it even, work? Even at two, three, four, five in the morning, he's calling me <laughs> nonstop, swear to God. Do you, do you employ I, this? Do you employ this individual? Now we work together, but wait. That's so, not a good precedent to set, Zach. I, but I, I, I blocked, no, I blocked his, I blocked his number. I blocked his number. And then he went back to Instagram. So, but then just so happened, right? He, cause he was messaging me every single day. Uh, I need something taken care of in Los Angeles. And I remembered that like he, in his first message, he's like, Hey, I'm here. If you ever need anything on the West coast or whatever. And he just kept saying firing the same thing. I've hit him back. It's like, yo, it's an emergency. I really need something taken care of. He drove two hours to Los Angeles and took care of it immediately. And that's when I obviously finally I unblocked his number. I told him to chill out a little bit. Like, you know, it's not that serious. And, uh, and then obviously he signed up for like the program and he crushed it. And obviously he now is killing it. Like, you know, and yes, but all I meant was like, he made sure to stay top of mind. That was too extreme. And I thought he was nuts, but you know, uh, but that's how you get works. Zach's attention. So everybody pay attention. All 100 no, people no. here. That's but how you, you do it. You just reminded me, though, that like also when I so when I graduated Michigan, our our commencement speaker was Dick Vitolo, which is the CEO of Twitter at the time. And he made like this quote in his speech. So after that, I was working on like a quick startup and 
I obviously was like, all right, well, this guy's the CEO of Twitter. If I want to get in touch with him, I should just tweet at him. So I tweeted at him like, hey, you just spoke at my commencement. This quote really stuck out to me. would love to connect. And he immediately hit me back. And now me and him are still boys to this day. Go ahead, Seth. Yeah, and I think, I think going off of that, one thing that someone that I actually networked with, he's an attorney at Fox Rothschild, Cam Baker, actually, Dan, who we actually did a, a panel with. But I was speaking with him and, you know, I understand that it might be a little bit uncomfortable or you don't really know how to follow up with someone that you may have just had a networking call with a month later or something. And you're just trying to think of a way to, you know, get back in touch with them or keep yourself top of their minds. And he suggested, which I thought was a great idea, is in that first conversation with them, find out what their favorite sports team is. That's an easy one. If everyone's in the sports world, you definitely have a favorite sports team. So then, you know, a month or two from now, if something really good happens to, let's say the Yankees are my favorite team. All right, Aaron Judge just, you know, hit 62 home runs. The first thing that I'm going to do is, is text them and say, hey, like, did you see like what happened? Like, this is awesome. And you just Something simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm at the Yankee game. I'm going to the Yankee game on Friday. Will you be there? Exactly. Exactly. It's just something little. And that was just an easy tidbit to, you know, at the end of the conversation, just try and figure out what their favorite sports team is. So then you always have something to keep in touch with them about. And from there, you can continue kind of growing your relationship with them and find more about them that then you can continue following up on them. Okay. So I'm going to, um, uh, this is a good story, Steph. You don't, you don't mind me sharing this? I'll, I'll set you up a little bit. Sure. Okay. So for the first half hour, however, however long we've done this, um, a lot of this is stuff I imagine you guys know. Reach out to people, speak to people, stay in touch with people. You know, maybe some, maybe this is new to some of you guys. Um, we're, we're, I know Stephanie's had success. Zach's had success. I've had success. Um, it is being in some sense, somewhat of a content creator. Being a content creator, um, if everybody you know wonders why people do it. It's that way. When we say staying top of mind, yeah, it might be kind of awkward. Like I, I really, you know, the, the thing I hated doing most in my career, like when I'm trying to, you know, generate business or I meet someone that might give me a job, I hate sending that email. That's like, it was great meeting you. We had a great talk, and as discussed, I think I could be a huge asset and provide unique value to your company. Like, please keep me in mind if, if anything comes up. I hate sending that email because like nothing ever comes up and it's like painfully awkward to send. And the person that gets that email, they don't really have anything to say back. So staying top of mind, at least the way I do it, and which I would recommend that, that you guys try, um, be it LinkedIn, sharing articles, be it Twitter, be it short form, being posting stuff on your stories. If you like Instagram, I'm not a TikTok person, but some people are. Um, but it's finding ways, again, connecting with that person. Don't just send them that one email. Don't blow Zach up, Zach's phone up. It's finding ways to connect with Zach in a, in a you know, maybe a, a less invasive way, right? Connecting with him on LinkedIn. And if Zach sees, right, there's someone that's blowing him up on his messages, whatnot, but it's the same person that's posting really intelligent articles, right? Really smart articles in a particular lane. Like that's a way for you to stay on Zach's radar or Steph's radar, or my radar. And we don't have to have that like awkward interaction where you like looking for a response. The amount of people that see a tweet, like a tweet impression or a LinkedIn impression, sometimes that number is like, this, this might be crazy. Like, a thousand to one, like the a thousand people that see it versus the one person that comments or likes it. Like I know Stephanie had a lot of success early on in her career, like, you know, engaging with people's posts online. So Steph, this is the story I'll, I'll set you up. Steph, you know, was working uh, at my firm, Garagos and Garagos in the city. You know, we, we had like 12 lawyers, good practice. We, we were doing probably like 
I don't know, a third, uh, maybe 40% sports work. It wasn't fully sports work. And I think Steph, your goal, right, was to work in IP and maybe basketball. Yep. So Steph, genius idea, right? This, this is going to sound like the smartest thing in the world. Steph starts writing articles about basketball intellectual property issues. And not just basketball intellectual property. Steph wrote, I think, two articles about Giannis Atinakumbo, how his lawyer uh, was being very um, you know, intensive on like trademark protection. And she was writing about a particular guy. Now, I think all three of us do. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I have Google alerts whenever my name pops up in something. So if someone writes something about me, I see it. Unbeknownst, I maybe, you should. It's very helpful. Um, but Stephanie was writing this, this article, and I imagine this guy saw it either through Google alerts or, or whatever else, and found Stephanie, who was you know a first-year law student, writing really sharp articles, who had worked for the Orioles, president of a sports law society, and Steph, um, what, what happened after he sees uh, that you're writing these articles about him? Yeah, well, I guess I wasn't a first year law student at the time because I was fair, fair, fair. working at Garagos. I had graduated law school, but I was a first year. First year lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. So I wrote this article probably five months before he reached out to me, but I ended up getting a message from him on LinkedIn. And, you know, he, I immediately recognized his name. It's a Greek name. And so rather than just accepting the connection request, I messaged him myself on LinkedIn to say, you know, thank you for connecting, happy to connect. I actually wrote an article about one of your IP filings for your client, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And so I sent him the article and his response was verbatim. Yep, that's exactly why I reached out to you. And so we got a conversation going. Um, he ended up asking if I wanted to grab coffee. And so a week after that, I grabbed coffee with him. And by the end of our coffee chat, um, he basically offered me a job to come join his firm and, and work on those very lawsuits and uh, cease and desist letters and trademarks and whatnot, everything related to intellectual property for Giannis. And so I can't say I was looking for a job at the time, but I did. Because you were I, working with me and you, yes. you enjoyed working with me. Exactly. And Dan was actually the first person that I called after I left that coffee chat. And I was like, you're never going to believe this, but I got offered a job to like, and so we've discussed it. And obviously, you know, it was an opportunity that doesn't come around often. And so I took the job and soon after started working on those intellectual property filings, had the chance to then go to NBA Summer League last summer, network even more. Um, and so it was you know, a, a testament, I think, just to the determination the of continuing to write blog posts. So, okay, just to tie this open, you left out the good part. You left out the, not the punchline, but the best part of the story. So Stephanie, that, that's not finding people to reach out to. Like, you know, so we, I think like first impressions are key, right? That first message you send, we haven't mentioned it, but like what I think is, a, is an easy one. If you have some connection with the person, hey, we went to the same high school. I'm from your hometown. Uh, I know these three other people and I spoke with them. They all said to speak with you. Somebody, um, they're not in here, but a, 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 somebody from Texas reached out to me and they said, I spoke with three of your friends. They all say that we have to speak. And I, you know, I checked with my friends and they all gave this guy some clearance. Um, so like, you know, I think that stuff's really helpful. You need to have that. So, but this is not an example for Stephanie. And this is why I post on LinkedIn or why I do a lot of different content I create. Um, but Stephanie didn't reach out to this guy. She could have, she could have said, Hey, I'd love to have an informational call with you. And maybe path ends up exactly the same, but this guy found out that Stephanie was writing an article and, you know, by and large, like other people other than this guy knew that Stephanie wrote this article. That article was probably read somewhere between, you know, 500 and a thousand times, right? Random people on the internet. That one person happy to be a person that was in New York that could get her a job. 
And, you know, we've had other people that wrote for our site. I know a guy that was writing articles in baseball, got hired by the Washington Nationals. Like writing articles, whether people see it or, right, to a resume tip that maybe we'll get to if we have time or we'll do this in the second one. Like on your resume, if you have that you've written five articles in the last six months about an important topic, I'm sure a lot of you have gotten really big interviews with sports shops. You maybe don't get them, but you can get your foot in the door really quickly by writing a lot. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just showing how much you know about a particular field. Um, so Stephanie, the, the, the end of that story, Stephanie went from my firm that was maybe 30 to 40% sports. I think her the, this, uh, the firm that she went to, the IP firm was maybe maybe a little bit more. Uh, and then from, from those two jobs, so she meets me, I'm some random person online, right? We have these different calls. She writes articles about this basketball IP guy. And I said, good, good luck, Steph. That's a great job. You got to take that opportunity. And then, you know, the next thing you know, Stephanie is on the radar of Major League Baseball, MLB Network, to work an in-house IP job. So that's, you know, that wasn't, that's like a three-year odyssey. Like, it's not, it's not like 10 years. It was pretty quick, but it starts from, Stephanie had her own blog, the, the Baltimore Orioles thing. It all kind of progressed to the right spot. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I, people try to think like, what am I going to do this summer? I don't have a job. Maybe some of you don't have jobs that you love, but you could be writing right now. You could be having all these LinkedIn informational calls like today. Um, you could do three calls a day. Like what, maybe that's your job for the summer um, and you're building your network. So I, I try to tell people what, when you're at, whenever you, you don't really need a real job until you graduate college or law school or, or whatever, or, or maybe you do, maybe you need one when you, when you want to, you don't want to go to college, you just want to work. You need to figure out where you want your resume to be at that point. So three years from now, how can you make your resume perfect? How can you have a relationship with Steph or Dan that's three years further on? Like, what can I do? Can I be going to the games with them? Should I be going to these conferences, these meetups? Um, Zach, you're, you're smiling. I, I feel like, I, I mean, you're, this is your path too. I mean, you, you came in from nothing and now you're one of the, you know, the hottest agents in the field. Yeah, no, I, I, I think writing our, all that's, you know, it's all so simple. It's just really doing it, right? Like sitting down and doing it. It just reminds me of... Uh, you know, someone I actually know that is a, a music manager now. <clears throat> he was a, he just wrote up blogs because he loved music. So he would just like find songs that he liked and he would write about them. And then, you know, he got hired by like a blog, like a, like, like by a bigger blog. And then, you know, he was just in the world that he found this song, um, like probably a day before it just went super viral, reached out to the person, Hey, I want to interview you on your song interviewed him and then the song went through the roof and this kid's life changed but he was the only one that had the kid's number from doing the interview like the day before the song really popped he's and he ended up managing him and now he no longer writes articles he's like a big music manager right so it's like you know it's just funny like me sitting here listening to like you know your stories and and then just seeing how it does work They're real stories like, yeah, just people, you just got to do it. Like, you just got to do it. Like, I'll tell you one, one more. And then uh, I want to talk kind of like informational interview questions. I think those are all helpful. Steph knows who I'm talking about. And I, and I referenced him really quickly. Um, I, I was doing, you know, my version of content creation. I was doing LinkedIn posts. I was going on sports radio shows. I just would never say no to an interview. Just another way to do an interview or whatever it is, write a post. And then I would focus a lot of time on marketing that particular post. So much so that Zach thinks I'd use chat GPT to write my LinkedIn posts. I do not, maybe in the future, but I definitely don't do that. Um, I, I think some people do, but I, at least I don't. Um, yeah, I feel like but, you should. You should you'd save I, time. Time is yeah, money. Yeah, but, but then you'll get in trouble with plagiarism and you'll end up like that lawyer in New York City and like, we're not going to do that. That's that's. In my field, though, too, it's 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 sometimes it's tough to do all every single interview because you got to be careful what you say, right? Like, 
I dealt with that all last night. Like the media can grab something that someone maybe says and like write their own narrative. So that's exactly what happened yesterday. And then I had to call the reporter and he had, a, and but it was already too, it was already too late. Like they already ran with this narrative and he was like, Oh my bad. I like, you know, but everything, but the narrative was already out there because every word you say can be used against you. Like you obviously right. know that too, but. Um, I mean, just, and again, if people are, and I imagine if you're on this call, maybe, maybe you're thrilled with what your employer, you know, where you're working right now in your path are, but, but maybe you're not. Um, and I tell the story and I won't mention his name. Steph, Steph can confirm this is a real person. You're, you, I think you know who I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so about a year into me, just like, I wasn't happy with my, I was working in insurance defense, just like a normal kind of boring litigation job for five, six years. So we talked a little bit about um, entry level stuff. And I, at the end, I want to make sure we talk about creating your own thing, which we're talking about a little bit, but Zach can kind of be our guy for that. Um, you know, and, uh, and I guess we could do it a little bit here. I, I was basically six years out of school. I didn't love where I was at. I wasn't really working in sports, despite my background for the Giants and whatnot. And I really made it a point. I want to try to this content creation, that's a way to get on the radar of other jobs. And I wasn't really thinking that much beyond just let me get as many eyeballs on this stuff as possible. So um, we, uh, you know, we, I joined a podcast that had since kind of been like defunct, called Conduct Detrimental. We ended up starting the website. We started bringing team members. And so we can maybe in a different talk, or you can ask me offline, creating something like that from scratch. But the reason I, I bring it up, um, you know, in this world of like, uh, not being happy with your lot, like, okay, you could just give up. You could just say like, okay, well, I'm just going to put my head down, forget about sports forever. And I'm just going to be happy with this life. I've said it um, again. It's kind of that concept of like, you want to line in the water in some way, shape or form. So um, the story that, that goes, and this is honest to God, real story. Um, there was someone I spoke to. I had been doing this kind of podcast stuff or sports radio stuff for about a year, maybe two. And someone reached out to me. I hadn't left. I was still working for a non-sports entity. And uh, I got a call from someone that said, hey, I see what you're doing. Like, I really want to go work in baseball. That's really what I want to do with my life. Like, how do I do it? I told him the same exact stuff I'm telling you. I go, I go hypothetically, and this is, you know, to the question I think someone asked the crowd, like, if you want to get on someone's radar for an interview, I think writing a lot of blog posts, like writing about arbitration cases, writing about Trevor Bauer or the uh, regional sports networks dispute or what's going on with the Oakland A's moving over to Las, Las Vegas and following. Like, I'm still looking for people on my site that want to follow this, this relocation from the A's uh, from Oakland to Las Vegas. Like I'm looking for those people. So if someone was writing those articles and writing maybe like, I don't know, hypothetically 10 of them in like a three month period, that's someone that's really dedicated to their particular craft. So this, this guy was a second year lawyer at a, an, a plaintiff's employment firm. And he was constantly like, like I'm sure a lot of you do, firing resumes out everywhere. He wasn't getting that much success. No one was answering him and the resumes were going unanswered. And then all of a sudden he started to write. He started to write for Fangraphs, which is a big baseball site, Medium, Complex, Forbes. He was like a, a hired gun, just writing for everybody. Not making all for free. When I say hired gun, he wasn't being paid any money, but for free. And this guy with those, you know, number of articles, a, a kind of obscene amount of articles in that short of time, applied to a job with a uh, national league team. I won't say what the team it is. And they said, the reason you're getting this interview, you're not really qualified, but the fact that you've written so many articles is interesting. And then, you know, you have to kill the interview, which he did. And now this person is an associate general counsel for a, a predominant team in a, in a major media market. And that's all he did. He wrote articles and he got on the radar. So you guys have to think about what you want to do to get on the radar. Obviously we, we can give you advice about what questions to ask people, but you know, it's getting on the radar. It's the first part. I mean, don't make it so, so complicated, but um, Steph, can you confirm that's a real person? That's like a successful person. 
Yes, I know him, yes. <laughs> and very normal person, but he didn't know how to get on the radar. And I'm like, you wanna write? Like it can't, it's never gonna hurt your resume to be publishing things, publishing for really big entities. And I, I'm someone that works in, in these sports law spaces. Like I'm looking for people that wanna write and they're doing the stuff you had your blog once upon a time. So I find that stuff to be interesting. Um, okay, so Zach, while we have about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, however long we wanna go. And I appreciate everyone hanging out here. Um, you know, so normally, uh, actually, it's our first one doing these, so I appreciate the the turnout. Um, Zach, you started, uh, you know, we could talk about starting a podcast from scratch, which is not that big of a deal. Starting a, starting a sports agency from scratch, I think is a really big deal. And in a very short amount of time, you guys have definitely made a name for yourself in the space. So for those that are on here that are like, I can't find the right employer, maybe I'll just start my own thing. Like, what what advice do you have for them in that path? Yeah, I mean, just do it, right? It's like same, similar to like the 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 articles, you know. It's just really sitting down and doing it, right? If you can think about it and you can see it, you can do it. Um, and then just it's about wanting it and not caring about what anybody else says or rejection, you know. It's like you send a thousand messages and you know you get nine hundred and ninety nine no's. The one yes could be the biggest hit of your life, right? So like, I think you just got to go and do it and. I didn't know anything, right? I just, just was doing whatever I thought was right. Like just every day I'd wake up and just, you know, put my foot forward and just figure it out and figure it out and figure it out. And like, um, I'll, I'll set you up, Zach. That's the, the, key. Other, the, the other part too is not just like, you know, big game hunting or people that are a little bit ahead of you. Zach, you, you started LAA with like a team of people. Like you found contemporaries in the field to do this and, and rise up together, right? Yeah, well, I, I yeah, I, I, I left where I was um and then i met uh dalvin and then meeting dalvin i met other people in south florida that were in like the sports world um and then i brought in matt who uh i felt i've known i had known for so long we had worked well together so i you know for me everything's about trust too right it's bring value and do i trust you um and then once you build once i build trust that's why the company is laa loyalty above all trust and loyalty go hand in hand for me so like you know, and I, I, I found, tried to find loyal people and like, we all came together and we all have our own roles, but like, as far as like building up the agency, it was kind of like just waking up and figuring out, all right, what do I do today? All right. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And then also just split second decisions. Right. And, and I mean, everyone's different. Everyone makes, everyone operates differently. Everyone has different decision-making and personalities for me. And I, what I think is super important in what I do, it's making a decision and sticking with it. Right. And, 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 and just, that's how I operate on everything that I do when it comes to the agencies, like, all right, this is what we're going with and here's why. And then we just go for it. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it, the same thing, right. If you want to, you're saying writing articles is great. I think it's amazing because yeah, it makes sense. If you're sitting there just writing articles about if if you're writing sports articles all the time, because you want to work in sports. And like you just said, I, I didn't even think of this. You have your name on a Google alert. If somebody here writes something relevant with your name in it and you see it, you're going to be intrigued and want to know why this person wrote about you. And then boom, you're going to talk to that person. And now you find out that this person wants to work and be a sports lawyer, you know, or maybe even just so, you know, Hey, I'm all, I'm going to talk about this in a week or so. You should write an article on that as well, you know, and now you're both benefiting, right? Because, you know, he's getting 
content for his articles. You're getting exposure. Everything's about benefits and value. That's how you break into the sports industry, not just loving sports and saying, hey, I want to work in sports. Yeah, and kind of going off of what Zach said to the trust aspect of things, in the sports world, it's a lot of interpersonal skills too. You have to have those soft skills in order to really connect with your colleagues, in order for them to, you know, trust you and want to work with you because it's a lot of, you know, a good culture. That's why a lot of people think that they want to work in sports is because they think it'll be fun. They think it'll be a collaborative environment. And, you know, to some extent it is, but you still have to put in the work and you need to be able to build the trust and build that relationship with your superiors. And kind of going off of that too, it just, I was thinking back to when I interviewed for MLB Network and one tidbit that I think was really helpful for me at least was in that first interview, I tried to get out of both of the people that I was interviewing with something that was related to them, not related to the job. Although obviously, you know, most of the interview was about the job, but I wanted to understand kind of what their personality was like, what they like to do. So then in my thank you email after the interview, which if you ever question not sending a thank you email, don't question it, send a thank you email, but don't just send a boilerplate thank you email that you're going to, you know, copy. We can tell when you cut somewhere. and paste it. We can tell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that goes it, back, it that goes back to, to yeah, fine. yeah, if you guys talked about something in particular, like you should reference that so it shows that you were paying attention. It goes back to like what I was saying with the, like me tweeting at Dick uh, Costolo. I rem I used the quote that he said that this guy, you know, this guy spoke in front of us for like two hours. He clearly prepared a speech. He was incredible. It's not like he just, you know, that quote that he gave us was very important to him. So when somebody repeated it back to him, that was somebody that was listening, not sleeping. And like, you know, yeah, we were pretty drunk and like falling asleep, but like that, you know, that was an impactful quote. And like, that's why I remembered it. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm just looking at like these chat questions. I, I, I want to take one of these quick and I can hit a couple of these with a broad brushstroke. And this is, this is a very important one. Um, and I don't, and this is a mistake I made. Um, I, I was set up to work for a baseball agency uh, when I was supposed to be, when I was supposed to graduate law school long story short, baseball agency job falls through and I have no job as a soon to be graduating 3L. So I, uh, you know, in my infinite wisdom thought that if I took a job outside of sports, that that would screw up my sports path. Um, so my infinite wisdom, I didn't have a job for like six months. And then, it, then I ended up getting a non-sports job. And, and then, you know, as I kind of mentioned, able to ladder on later in my, later in my career, your ability to get a job in sports um, as Stephanie and Zach, and, and we've all kind of touched upon, and this, I hate this expression, but it's true. It's not really like about what you know. It, it is who you know. You can't just be, and I'm, I once spoke to a law student a couple of years ago, and I, and I had to like sit him down and explain to him. He told me, and he was very brash, and he said, I'm, I know more about uh, the laws of football and the football CBA than anyone in the country. And I'm like, okay, like, oh, I don't, I didn't know that. Like, I, I don't, like, what, why aren't you writing articles? Why don't I know that? So, you know, what you know is not, not as important about who you know. Your grades are important, but if you have all these great grades and you're not networking, it doesn't really matter. Right? Your, grades you don't, your grades don't mean anything. They, they mean don't. Nothing. Zero. They don't. No one cares um, what your CBA is. To the, to the question that someone asked about being a sports agent, what if your employer is not sports focused and whatnot? You can only be, I, I always tell people, make sure you have a job upon graduation. Make sure you're doing this stuff on the side. I don't know how many people of you listen to like part of my take or the Barstool podcast. Like, though Barstool was not a full-time company like those guys were all like 
PFT was working. He was like a door-to-door salesman and Big Cat was like doing something in tech. Like they weren't doing that full-time. They were doing something else. And then when they got really good at the side thing, they lateraled to another job. That's what this concept of lateraling means. You're at one employer and you want to lateral to another job at the same level, but in an industry that you liked. So let's say you want to be a sports agent, as I saw someone said in the replies. And let's say you're a lawyer. I'm not an agent. At some point I wanted to be, but I, I leave that to the professionals. I leave that to Zach over here. Um, but there are people that, you know, let's say you're a lawyer or you're working in a ticket office for a team or something like that, and you want to really be an agent, go to the combine, go to the summer league, go to the senior bowl, meet as many people as you can. Like that's, that's the only way to do it. It's about who you know. And then to the thing we said in the first five minutes, 10 minutes of this conversation, fostering those relationships over the next year, two years, through finding creative ways, sending them articles, writing articles about what they're doing. Um, you know, there's no real substitute for, I, I know someone that picks a list uh, and Stephanie, you, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, they are, they were on a panel for us at New York Law School, but they they have a list of like 10 people, 10 very important people. And they they focus all of their efforts on following up with those 10 people. So Steph, can you confirm without saying this person's name, maybe they will be a guest in a future episode. That I person so. is one of the highest jobs in all of college yeah. sports. Confirm? Very, very impressive. He picked 10 people and that's all he did. He just, every day he would think, what can I do to reach out to these people? Yeah, well, that's this like what they, yeah. got to the top of college sports. A very huge position. Well, that's like the quote that someone said. It was like, I forgot. I, I see like these memes all the time. I think it was like Bill Gates or someone was like, all right, write down the 25 most important things in your life. Okay. Now pick the five most and never, ever, ever think about the 20, the other 20 ever again. And that's how you'll be successful. And that's what you'll care about. Um, You know, and I guess like, I'm not trying to like, you know, be a hater or anything like that. But like, if you work at a law firm, and they don't have sports and you want to be a sports agent, you know, you're not working 24 seven for that law firm, right? Like you're working from, I guess, 8am till 6pm or whatever. If you really, 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 really want to be a sports agent, when you get home at 630 or whatever, or seven or eight, whatever it is, like, you know, that's your opportunity. Like we all have the same amount of hours and, you know, you got to put in the hours, like, you know, you, you, no one's holding you back. So I mean, it's like for me, when I went to get my master's, it was, it was awful. Like I had to take a train for two hours into the city. And then it, it just so happened that my last class to get my master's would end at eight. And, and this professor was such a piece of shit. Like I explained to him. To, you can curse on the seminars, Zach, just in case you were curious. Also, Dan, you're a professor. So you have to think that grades are important, but grades don't mean anything. Um, but like my professor was such an asshole because, uh, the only train that would get me home, like would was leaving at like eight 25 and our class ended at like eight 15, but in order to get to Penn station, it was a 25 minute walk. So like, if he would have let me leave a little bit earlier, I could make a train, but the next train didn't leave until 10 15. So I literally would just be sitting waiting for the train. And that's when I was like doing a lot of work and stuff like that. Um, but, but like, yeah, I could have been sleeping or doing anything else, but like, you know, I had stuff that I needed to do. Like, you know, everyone's got stuff they got to do. So, um, as we wrap this up, I want to try to keep this to a tight, tight one o'clock. I want to give people some resources and, and Steph, Zach, I'll give you a minute to think about it. Um, this is not, I mean, I guess it's a shameless plug. We have, we have a podcast called Conic Detrimental that we try to educate people that you can be the smartest person, be it. So someone had an NIL question. I speak on like every panel in the country about NIL and that's because, People come to the podcast to learn about this particular topic. So we try to cover everything. We'll cover John Morant. Um, you know, we'll, we'll cover what's going on, um, you know, in, in any, anything related to law. But that's that's how I meet a lot of people. That's how I get on these different panels. It's what I do on this podcast. So if you want to listen to the podcast, that's fine. It doesn't really matter. 
Um, somebody mentioned this. If you want to write, this is um, the reason we created ConductDetrimental.com, and Stephanie is, was very pivotal in, in creating this, was that story I told you about the guy that got hired by that baseball team. He was writing for uh, Fangraphs and Medium and Complex, and I'm like, let's just put this in one particular spot. Um, and we have a newsletter that goes out. Um, I think we're getting up to 1,500 subscribers, so I don't know, you could sign up for our newsletter. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But the whatever you write will get to people's inboxes. It's just making your life a little bit easier. So if you want to write for us, that's totally fine. We just, it's very straightforward. It's not like, you're not writing like a lawyer. We have people that we want to write about legal topics. Um, and we, the reason we do that is because like anybody can write a, a, a piece about like the Nuggets with the championship, like the Nuggets are great or this, but not really many people are talking about the legal side of the business side of sports. So if you want to write about the business side of sports, you wanted to show how savvy you were at the salary cap, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, so yeah, that's that's my resource, uh, conductdetrimental.com. Um, or anything in our little universe. Um, Zach, you want to you go next? Yeah, I mean, I guess like for me, uh, you know, going back to like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, when I, I was working at a, a, an agency and you can read about what happened, but essentially uh, I left and, you know, we had a pretty big client by the name of Darrell Revis at the time. And you I've know, heard of him. he was a superstar. He was like known as the Warren Buffett of the NFL, like, had handled business better than everybody. And when I left, you know, I'm now just have no idea what I'm going to do. So before I really, you know, dove in and started my own thing, I, I, I sent off messages to like all of the agencies, right? That was just the first thing in my mind to do was like, okay, well, you know, I have this incredible resume, right? I have Darrell Revis with a letter of recommendation saying how great I am at everything I do and like blah, blah, blah. And like fast forward, like nine months, he ha happens to fire that agency and hire me. But like in that time frame before I started my own agency, I'm ripping off these messages to everybody. And all these agencies are not responding. They're like laughing at me. Like literally the funniest thing is that uh, Rock Nation like literally kind of like laughed at me. And now I have bigger clients than them, which is amazing. And a couple of the agents all got fired. Like they're not even in the industry anymore, which is amazing. But what I'm getting at is that like it really is who you know, because like think about it. I had Darrell Rebus letter of recommendation and they were all still laughing at me. So if you think just like graduating from a sport management program and getting good grades and going to law school is going to get you in, in the building, it's not like, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, that's why the most important thing is networking is providing value, finding somebody, you know, like myself, if you want to be an agent or any agent that you can provide value to and, and learning that way right that's why i did start like the la academy because it was like all right this is the only way i know that someone's actually for real and like they'll you know show that they provide value and and if it works it works and i've had you know like three people now that come through there who are doing great and we're crushing it we have a boxer that we represent now who's an absolute superstar and it came from you know someone that was in the program who just like was like hey i'm gonna get into boxing and found an absolute superstar, and he's killing it. So was it I mean, the crazy I guy that's... that called you a thousand times? It is the crazy guy that called was. a thousand times. So, I mean, listen, he's you're only <laughs> you're crazy until you do it, right? Isn't that what they say, or something like that? So, I think it's I think it's they they, they it's a Dirk Nowitzki. Well, he said it when he won the championship. I think it's they thought I was the dream was crazy until it actually happens. I think is what it some something along those lines. Um, yeah, so yeah. Oh, go ahead, Zach. No, I was going to say, someone just posted that they like Rock Nation laughed and I'm like, listen, like I graduated from Michigan. I mean, I try, I say my grades were good, but they were, they were, they weren't that great. They were fine. Right. Like, you know, I, I think I like a three, five, 
but you know, I was really good. Zach. Even, even if I had a four Oh, they were laughing at me regardless. Like I had a letter of recommendation from Darrell Revis. And Can I remind you that you're, you're under oath for these. Okay. It wasn't that good. A uh, three, five. I don't know. Give or take. I mean, it wasn't a four Oh, what I'm getting at is that like, it didn't matter. Uh, like what the, it doesn't matter if you graduate top of the class valedictorian, you're not getting that job. You're just not getting it unless somebody that's there, you know, knows you and likes you. Um, Steph, bring us home. And then, um, you know, we'll put some final thoughts. And then if anybody has any questions that haven't been answered, drop them in the chat now. Um, I wanted to end at one, but, you know, it's our first. So we go a little over. It's fine. Steph, go ahead. Yeah, I think kind of going off of that, too, is. I mean, at least for me, I think the Sports Lawyers Association is a great resource, especially if you're in the sports legal world. I know the, the annual conference is a little bit pricey, but they do put on, you know, webinars throughout the year helpful, um, interesting tips and tricks. And you can also, you know, just reach out to people who are within the association as well and just set up networking calls. There's your immediate connection with them. You guys are both part of the Sports Lawyers Association. They could honestly probably be a general counsel of a team because I actually went to the um, annual conference this past year. And I think pretty much anyone who works in sports in terms of being in-house or at a big law firm was there. And so that's also another good opportunity to you know, get your foot in the door and also put a name to people's faces so that you can follow up with them afterwards. But I think something too, um, to answer one of the questions in the chat about kind of when you're doing these networking calls, what specific questions you can ask to get what you want out of it. I think it's kind of a case by case basis, depending on what trajectory you want your job to go. For me, when I was in law school, I wasn't really sure. So I was kind of talking to people who worked at agencies, people who worked in law firms, people who worked in-house and tailoring my questions to those in terms of, you know, culture, what the day-to-day -day is like. But I think another good one would be what challenges are you currently facing in your job? Or what do you think the most important qualities for someone to excel in your role are? So then you can kind of have in the back of your mind as you're in law school or as you're continuing to work in, you know, a different law firm or a different organization job, okay, if I don't have these qualities that it takes to excel in the role that I really want to be in, how can I, you know, get there? What can I do to improve myself in my day-to-day -day job now that then can be transferable to that dream job that may be coming, you know, in the future once I really perfect those skills? Um, so that's just something that I thought was very helpful. But I think, again, it's just you can say you want to work in sports all you want and you can talk to people about it. But it's really what are you going to do to propel yourself and really get yourself there? Because chances are, unless you get really, 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 really lucky, you're not going to get there by just doing nothing. You're not going to get there by just, you know, submitting your resume cold you, you need to have, you know, a brand for yourself on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and whatnot, because more likely than not, when you submit that resume and people are, you know, looking at your resume and thinking, oh, should we interview them? They're probably going to look you up on LinkedIn to see who you're connected with, who can vouch for you and what value you can provide even prior to, you know, actually meeting you in that first interview. Okay. So we're a little past one. I think we will end it here. Um, the portion of this that I did remember to record, I think we'll put on the podcast, but I think we can uh, end this otherwise. Um, so yeah, stay on, stay on the lookout. We're going to try to do these maybe once a month, maybe every couple of weeks, but 
we'll try to get some great people. But um, Steph, uh, thanks for setting this up. Zach, thanks for joining us. And uh, we can end it here. For If you guys want to find us, we're all on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way to find us. Um, but if you have questions you didn't feel comfortable asking or that we didn't ask, just drop them in LinkedIn and we will try our best uh, to get back to you. Just, but just remind us that you guys were in this chat. See, this is we have these uh, shared experiences now. Exactly. Um, so uh, guys, uh, enjoy. Have a lovely weekend. And thanks so much for joining us on our first installment. Uh, so yeah, have a great weekend. And uh, thanks again, everyone. Conlon, we're back. We're just doing a, a little bit of uh, housekeeping as we close this up. So thank you for hanging with me late on a Monday night. Again, appreciate uh, Zach Hiller. People want to reach out to Zach. You can find him on LinkedIn or reach out to me. I'll, I'll give you an intro or Stephanie Weisenberger. Um, so uh, and people know where to find Stephanie. But uh, yeah, I, I, again, I think at the beginning of this audio, and if you're listening to this on the podcast form, you've now listened to over an hour of sports law content. You are the audience that is trying to break into sports if you're not already. So a lot of our talk was about entry-level jobs, lateral jobs. I want to give a shout out to, again to the guy I mentioned at the beginning of our podcast, uh, Mike Kripchenko. He's just he's a guy on, on social media. I don't, I don't really know him, like, you know, but he reached out. We spoke a couple times and I'm like, this guy can help. Colin, once upon a time, you and I had that conversation. We met in person. I, came to I was office. just kind of laughing to myself, but very much indeed. I was I was once a long lost slide in Dan Lust DMs. And look where it, I am now. It's a, a little... Uh, we joke, but a little sliding door moment, Colin, you and I joke behind the scenes, like Colin, you're on the sports path and it's not really, I don't know if it's because of me, but you got hungry. You're reaching out to people. Colin, have I been a nice, uh, reference for you? And when you have been people a, call for a me? phenomenal reference, yes, I'm a good sir. reference. I'm a good reference guy, but, yes. um, I can only help, uh, you know, I only have uh, so many hours in the day and, uh, Colin, you know, you have that special gene and if people want to be involved in our world and let's say you don't want to be involved in conduct, but you want to start like getting on the sports path and getting a jobs in sports. I, I've told the story and I told it on the, on the zoom, but uh, you know, I know, I know guys that have gotten jobs in sports from writing. Some have wrote for our site, some have not, yep. but we created the website. So that we have a bunch of phenomenal writers on, on conduct. I, I do. encourage anybody, whether you're a sports legal person or not, even just a sports aficionado like myself, like I said, I have no legal background. I'll That's pick it. up what I can from Mr. Lust. Weissenberger, Lawson, Ter Terrence Sharma, even Emily Costanza when she shows up once. No, work, she's she, out. Emily's work. like, Emily's not going to listen to this. If yeah, she does, uh, if she does, then fine. She's not going to listen to this. They're all this. very we, good. We don't, we literally created the website to help people get jobs in sports. That's it. That's the only reason we helped. And that might sound crazy, but that's it. Um, it just allowed us to have like 100 featured writers. I just wanted to have this on people's resume. And yeah. um, I think it's really worked. So, you know, if you're sitting here and you've been listening to us for a couple of years, maybe you're a you know, more experienced lawyer or you have some college kids that listen to this, I will find something for you to write about. I will find you to have something on your, when you want writing sample, are you looking in your resume, it looks a little weak. And you're like, I have nothing in sports. I used to work in sports five years ago. I know a guy, listen to this kind of crazy story. And I said on the Zoom, he wrote like six or seven articles in baseball. And then he got a job working for a major league baseball team as a lawyer, not like working in the ticket office, not being a janitor and sweeping the seats, in the lawyer's office because you've been writing articles. It's not that complicated, but you and gotta, that's the you gotta, way the cookie crumble. That's it. So anyway, we'll, we'll end it here. Um, our second sign off, Conlon. Um, can I can I have the honors? Can I have the honors? You get the first. Knock one. it out. Okay, and that'll do it here for us at Conic Detrimental, and we will see you next time on another episode of Conduct Detrimental. Conlon, you're the man. See you, buddy. See ya.